Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, a few years ago, I went to get my hearing checked and I was absolutely horrified to find out that I had apparently ruined it through music, loud noise and just being stupid. If you look at the graph of my test, there's this enormous valley of frequencies where I can't hear a thing because I've killed the delicate cells in my cochlea, which don't regenerate. Well, Dr. Zhen Yi Zhen is an associate professor in the Eaton Peabody Laboratories at Massachusetts Eye and Ear Hospital and Harvard Medical School in Boston. His team are working on a way to regrow these hair cells and reverse noise-related deafness, which is an extremely exciting possibility. Welcome to the program. Can you tell us a little bit about this, this the, the biology of our ear, Zhen Yi? Yes. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, so we use uh, um, our ear to detect sound. And actually, in the ear, also help us to sense the balance. You know, people become steady also through the function of inner ear. So how inner ear works is really the sound wave, you know, is air wave and go into the inner ear being converted to the fluid motion because inner ear is actually filled with fluid, which was then being sensed by this so-called hair cell. That is a sensory cell in the ear, which is a very similar to what uh, what the photoreceptor does to your eye, where you can use to see things. And the the hair cell, so in the ear is a composed of organs called the cochlea, and the hair cell reside within the cochlea. That detect the motion of fluid, then converts that uh, motion into an electric signal, where it can pass onto our brain, so we can sense the sound. And that's how we can detect a sound. We can hear all those you know, nuances of the world, the, the birds, the music, and of course, speech. That's what we use for communication. And for a lot of people, especially elderly, if people over 75 years old, over half of them will have quite severe to moderate severe hearing loss. And most of the hearing loss, we don't really know exactly the reason, because we cannot see into the inner ear, but from various studies, including the animal studies, have shown most likely those hair cells, the sensory hair cells are damaged. And our inner ear does not have a capacity to regenerate or even to repair the damaged hair cells. As a result, when we get a hearing loss, it turns out to be permanent. So we yeah. really need to find a way to um, regenerate the cells to regain the function. Yeah, so these very delicate sensory cells inside that snail-like part of our ear, the cochlea, they they detect the the wave and turn that sensation of the the wave of fluid into what we would consider to be sound. And when we expose those hair cells to large amounts of noise and and for a number of different factors, they essentially atrophy and die. Is that right? Or, or what exactly happens to these? delicate hair cells that, that sense noise. Right. So the hair cells are extremely sensitive because you have to detect the sound so accurately. That also means it can be easily damaged. You know, the noise, easily damaged hair cell can kill the hair cell. As a result, you have a permanent hearing loss. And not only noise, with the many factors, such as a viral infection, you know, uh, the young children could have viral infection and the uh, with uh, damaging the hair cell as well. So hair cell is actually prone to many different types of insult. Noise, of course, is one of the most frequent ones everyone knows. Um, 
why don't these hair cells regenerate like so many other cells in our body when there is damage? Yes, this is actually extremely interesting. So cross mammalian species, for example, if you look at the from rodent, mouse, and you know, red mouse to rabbit to non-human primate, elephant, all the way to us. If you look at the inner ear, our inner ear, they all look remarkably similar. Mm. That means throughout the evolution, there is a certain type of evolutionary pressure to keep the inner ear intact. So it doesn't allow them to change much. So that's why we have um, very conserved inner ear structure, including all the cells, such as the hair cell, performing very vital function. However, because it's a very um, important conservation that also makes the inner ear have the property they cannot really do much to themselves. That is, they cannot you know, regenerate, cannot be easily damaged in a way, evolutionally speaking, right? And uh, then they, they cannot repair themselves. So many of the issues we're dealing with, such as uh, you know, noise and uh, when you live much longer, have age-related hearing loss, primarily is really modern problem we're dealing with. Evolutionary is not a problem. You know, we don't have really very loud noise of the sound speaker or that kind of a concert we'll go into. But so in that case, those hair cells, they normally can be born and stay on for the rest of life for the animal. So they are not easily damaged. There's no need for them to regenerate. But no. now we do damage to our inner ear constantly. So, so talk to me about the, the challenge in getting them to regrow, because we have been able to use some um, therapies to stimulate the regrowth. Why is it difficult to get these particular hair cells to, to grow again? And, and what, what are our options? Right. So in a year, as I mentioned, it's really evolution, a very conserved organ. And uh, as a result, they really doesn't have, it doesn't have the capacity to really regrow. So in order to do that, we really have to um, go to the areas that never been done before. That is, uh, we started other man animal species, such as uh, fish, chicken, amphibian. Actually, in those species, the hair cell can be reborn and uh, can be repaired, regenerated. So we learned a lot from those studies. As a result, we identified some important pathways and we made similar changes to many in a year in a way that's similar to those, uh, as I mentioned, amphibian chicken hair cell regeneration pathway. As a result, we actually could uh, activate, reactivate the pathway in many in a year, in our case, in mouse in a year. And that will lead to regeneration of the hair cells. We, we learn a lot from other species, but we have to um, do them, we have to find a particular way in order to perform regeneration in many species and ultimately will be used for our own regeneration. So this is really exciting that you are looking at these cells that regenerate in other species and trying to figure out if that can tell us how we might get it to happen in humans. What is the results of your research so far? Yeah, our finding shows that in other species, when they regenerate hair cells, such as chicken and fish, they, can, they have to activate some pathways. And in human or in mammalian species, if our inner ear hair cells damaged, we cannot reactivate those pathways by ourselves. Hmm. 
That's uh, I, I we think that's one of the reasons our in a year just does have not uh, have the capacity to regenerate itself. So what we have done, we actually did two steps. First, we showed a couple of years ago that we use some genetic means, use transgenic animal. We can activate those genes and pathways similar to what used by um, chicken and fish in an animal model. And in those cases, we could indeed regenerate hair cell in mice. However, our goal is really to develop into ultimate treatment in humans. So we cannot just use genetic means. So we really spent the last couple of years to identify what those compound, you know, chemical compound with property similar to what being used in the drug industry that can lead to a similar regeneration process. So this started really to show that we identify a group of compound, we combine them, make so-called cocktail, and use it to the inner ear of mouse, we can uh, reproduce the hair cells, regenerate hair cells. And very similar to what we use transgenic approach. So this to us is extremely exciting. So um, ordinarily you could flip the genes on a on a on a test animal and and see if this would have an effect. You can't do that in humans, of course. And so you you created a cocktail of drugs that do something sort of similar. Is there a danger if you are getting a, a drug into the inner ear that's going to stimulate cell growth? Is you know is cancer a worry there? Um, yes, that's one of those uh, um, considerations we pay a uh, great deal of attention to. Yes, we don't want to have any you know, safety concerns, such as a tumor growing in your ear. So that's why we use those drugs in general. They've been considered quite safe. The other thing within the ears is those drugs, you can control the effect. So say you can have a, a drug last a bit longer, a shorter time, and mind you, in a year, it's very confined space. And when we deliver drugs, we only deliver a minuscule amount. So right. as a result, we actually think uh, our approach will be extremely safe. On top of that, in a year, actually, one of the very few organs within our body does not have its own, never produces its own tumor. We have never had a sort of a truly so-called in a year tumor as people like get skin cancer. Ah. So in a year, it's actually extremely safe environment. That means the cells do not reproduce themselves. But so you don't get a tumor. On the other hand, they also don't regenerate themselves. You cannot repair them. It's catch wow. to you too. Oh, that's, it's so exciting. So this is a, an area of our body that doesn't normally see tumors. We can, um, in mice, we've seen that this cocktail of drugs s sort of activates pathways that starts these um, cells to regenerate. Are, are these the same cells being repaired or are they cells that are dividing and creating new copies that are healthy and functional? Can you test the functionality of those hair cells after you injected the cocktail of drugs? Yes, that's a very good question. So indeed, we want to know, one, where do the cell come from? Are they coming from cell divide, then become new hair cell, or are they really just change uh, so-called cell fate from one cell to the other. So we did a study in the paper. We showed that the majority of the cells, new hair cells are produced by the conversion from one cell to the other, so not through the proliferation. However, we do have the data to show, depend on the drug, like how long we use them, what concentration we use them. We could get cells to divide as well if we want them to. So that really gives us a range of uh, um, 
the action we can take to reproduce, to regenerate hair cells. In our case, we think just convert by converting one cell to the other would be sufficient. The other question is, uh, what about the function? Do they have like a hair cell function? Do they look like hair cell, behave like a hair cell? First of all, we did the so-called uh, um, scanning microscopy and to show, yes, indeed, this is a hair cell. They look like typical hair cell with so-called uh, hair or stericilia sticking up at the cell surface. The other thing we did was to um, study its function. We use this uh, so-called uh, simple um, fluorescent dye uptake, which is only can be done to the hair cell because the, the dye will go into the hair cell through the so-called transduction channel. That's unique to the hair cell. And we use the dye uptake to show those regenerate hair cells, they function as a regular hair cells. So we know to some degree they have this uh, transduction channel unique to hair cell and they function properly. Okay. And, and is there any way of actually testing those hair cells in a living mouse to see if you make the mouse deaf, damage all the hair cells, and then use this treatment that they can then hear again? Is that is that a, right. a practical that, that's, that's an extremely important question. That's exactly what we're doing now. So in right. this current study, um, because it's very complicated surgery um, procedure, we had to use uh, so this uh, surgical procedure actually will do some damage to the inner ear. As a result, we couldn't really test the hearing of those animals because mm. of the damage by surgical procedure. So now we are developing new type of surgical procedure with a new vector, which will be relatively non-invasive. So in that case, we can really test how our uh, regeneration approach can lead to hearing recovery. That's exactly the point and exactly the next step we are going to take. This is, this is really, I mean, in science, of course, there are lots of hurdles to get to uh, a, a working drug that cures a particular condition. But you're at a very exciting phase of what is an enormous problem for millions of people. Um, how easy would this cocktail be to deliver in humans if you found that it did restore hearing in mice? Yeah, this was something we truly feel excited about. So the combination, cocktail combination we identified, they are extremely easy to wow. deliver in human. So basically, we need to get them into the middle ear space, which means in general, it's an office visit. This is not surgery. You go to office, you see the ENT doctors, they can just, uh, uh, you know, look in the, your three-ear canal, deliver it into the middle ear space. You know, it's very, very minimal. It's not an invasive procedure and a very short duration, you know. Oh, man. So we deliver. That's exactly what uh, we're excited about, the potential. In human, it's actually extremely um, efficient to do that. So, wow. Okay, if you've just joined us, we're speaking to Dr. Zhen Yi Zhen. He is uh, working out of Massachusetts and Boston, um, he is working on a cocktail of drugs to try and regenerate hair cells, which give us our hearing. These cells get really badly damaged when uh, we get loud noise or if there's an infection, sometimes in childhood or lots of other different reasons. And that, and that up until now was permanently a thing, but studies in mice are looking very, very promising. How do you feel at this stage about the potential for this therapy? Do you feel... Like you, you're you're confident, or or do you feel, still feel there's so much left to do to to get this to be a drug that will eventually 
cure hearing loss? Yeah, that's a very important question, and is one of the most critical questions we're constantly asking ourselves. How confident we are about using the approach to regenerate hair cells, ultimately go to clinic and uh, to treat patient. We are very excited about our approach, and we have obtained very very strong evidence to show we can regenerate hair cells in mice with a cocktail combination to really move them into the human. There's going to be a lot of work ahead of us, right? We want to show we can use the approach to restore hearing animal model. Even with that, we have to subsequently study how safe the drug is in human, and uh, maybe in a large animal model. So sort of um, uh, many steps before we can ultimately reach human. But I have to say we are at a stage, I think, um, extremely promising to all of us, that is, we foresee therapy like this will be possible. Um, wow. We, don't, we cannot tell how long it might take, but I, it's our belief it will be possible. Just a final non-scientific but more practical question. During COVID, we saw the speeding up of drug trials because of a, a major emergency. Hearing loss is, is such a huge and debilitating thing for so many people. Is, is, is there a way of speeding up your trials and research to get the therapy tested to see if it works quicker? We, we learned a great deal, you know, during the COVID, we know that like, vaccines got developed very efficiently and got FDA approval to use for millions or billions of people and to help a lot of people to avoid COVID. So we're hoping this is a regular process allowing people to develop drug quickly can be become more permanent um, procedure. But that has to be determined by FDA, depending on the importance. But I think if we can provide the very compelling data that our approach can safely restore hearing in the animal model, then I think, yes, there may be a way to convince regulator and agency to grant some speed review process and ultimately may need to uh, a treatment option um, faster than we normally expect, you know, could take years as yeah. before. Well, that would be an extraordinary achievement and incredible research. I wish you the very best of luck with it. Please do um, touch base with us when you've completed your animal trials. I'd really love to, to know how you're progressing from both a personal and a, a professional perspective. Uh, thanks for joining us and telling us about your research. Dr. Zhen Yi Zhen is from Mass Ioneer Hospital and the Harvard Medical School. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much for your invitation. Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland. Sunday morning at 10 on News Talk.